Back in 2006, we were in the middle of a tour comprised of four bands. In one of those four bands, there was a certain member who was just about the most unpleasant person to be around. On the other hand, we were also touring with fellow Torontonians Bedouin Sound Clash, and the camaraderie we quickly had with them helped balance the entitled behavior emanating from one of the other camps. In fact, by the time the tour was over, it was three of our bands huddled up in mutual dislike for the fourth. Tour drama aside, it was on one of these dates, Gothenburg, Sweden to be exact, where Alexis on Fire's own tour in support of their album Crisis had an off day, and they decided to hang out with their friends in Bedouin Soundclash. A nice convergence that helped make the first time I met the guys from Alexis on Fire very amicable and memorable. Since then, whenever we'd bump into them on the road, usually at some festival on the same bill, road tales, jokes, and local gossip would be passed around since both bands were just happy to meet up with people from back home. Recently, Alexis on Fire embarked on their reunion-slash-farewell tour that consisted of 15 shows on four continents in one month. To say that it was a success would be an understatement. Four shows in Toronto alone and their final show at Cops Coliseum in Hamilton made sure the band went out on the highest of notes. Since I follow both lead singer George Pettit and guitarist Wade McNeil, who now sings for Gallows, on Twitter, the idea was hatched to bring in both George and Wade down for an episode. Wade McNeil's done the podcast before, and maybe some of you know the backstory to it. If not, listen to episode number 17. But to summarize, it was not without its bumps in the road, mainly stemming from my technical ineptitude. Once again, getting this episode down was a scheduling nightmare. I'll be frank, it's flu season, and back at my place, where the podcast is recorded, we were hit by it for a few weeks. When the flu left, in came a snowstorm that barred anyone from moving. We rescheduled this podcast recording so many times, Wade bowed out, only to be lured back in again, and finally, we finally got it down. And this is what you will hear. If you've ever followed them on Twitter, then you know both George and Wade are pretty funny guys. You throw Nick Flanagan in the mix and you've got what you're about to hear, an LOL meltdown. Thanks to Blue Mic Microphones for their Yeti mics and Skull Candy headphones because Blue Mics and Skull Candy absolutely rule. Just one disclaimer before I begin though, we record this podcast on my dining table at home. It's old and rickety because somebody, not me, likes old antique antique rickety things because it's supposed to be cool and hip. This makes slight moves very noticeable on the microphones. This episode is no different, but our discussions are too much fun to let it bother you here. So check it out. George Pettit and Wade McNeil are this episode's guests on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. Uh, what is this, the fifth time we've tried to do this? This is, I think this is probably the 18th time. We've, we've Sickness has befallen the, the Jones family. And I haven't been able to come. I got nothing going on. I'm I'm sitting there by the phone waiting for you to call so I can come and do the podcast. I was like going, uh, "Hey, uh, George, we got to cancel today." Uh, and you're like, "Yeah, no problem. <laughs> can we do it? Can we do it on Wednesday?" Sure. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I'm yeah. I don't know. I've uh, Owen's in daycare now. I got my son's in daycare, so like I got all this time to, during the day to killer to just. Uh, We'll go on the internet a lot, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and I talk about organizing my. Yeah, they got some good pictures. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of pictures of people's food and cats. I found out about this thing memes the other day. <laughs> That's pretty good. I got a photo thing where I can make my own memes. Is it pronounced memes? <laughs> I yeah, it's memes. Yeah. memes. Yeah. Can we make a new pronunciation? Memmy. Memmy. I like yeah. memmy. M. Me M. Well, this is kind of a reunion of sorts. Another a second reunion. Because George and Wade, but you guys just finished a tour, an Alexis on Fire tour. You guys are in Alexis on Fire. Yeah, that was like months ago. 
And we were in the West on Fire literally months ago. Yeah, and here we are. The and dust is settled. Well, I was reading uh, on Twitter because uh, I follow both of you guys. Well, all three of you guys. And uh, you guys were tweeting all the hijinks from the tour between the two of you. So I just said, hey, why don't we just do this, make this a podcast? And uh, it took almost as long, to do, it took longer than the actual tour to get this going. But here we are. It's finally. You actually tweeted me yesterday going, there might be an asteroid. Yeah, that an asteroid's going to hit uh, Toronto because, I, you know, we finally came with, to a date that wasn't, you know, there wasn't a blizzard and there was no pending sickness kind of thing. So, I don't know, the pressure's on now. we got to come up with some good jokes. But there's an asteroid come... that's come 15 minutes away from hitting the Earth today. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, well, how about that? That's for, for reals. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Y2K all over again. Yeah, is it the Mayans? Yeah, it's the, the Mayans, Mayans coming right? <laughs> I, I know, uh, just for the people at home, I just want to let you know, I did walk away from the table for a second, but you know why I did that? Because... I was looking up memes of Alexis on Fire memes, and Alexis I found a lot. Memes. There's a lot. <laughs> How about that? There's some Game of Thrones ones. There's one that's like the guy with the frustrated face that goes, Alexis on Fire, why you break up? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there wow. you go. You guys that's made cool. it to Someone, meme level. Yeah. Uh, the most intense thing I've ever seen. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't want to retweet it because it has um, some very gratuitous homophobic um, <laughs> kind of language in it but it is really funny um, and uh, someone has taken this footage of like Hitler's last days in a bunker oh sure yeah. oh, right? yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> and it's all about yeah. Alexis on fire breaking up specifically <laughs> really negative about Dal and Dal's the one that found it yeah and it's just all about how did he feel? About there's it? a point he thought it was really funny. He sent it to us. <laughs> Good. Um, and uh, there's one part where it says everybody. He addresses the officers and says, "Everyone that likes city and color, please leave the room." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, so like, funny. I you know I've showed it to my dad. I showed it to my brother. We yeah. all the guys in the band have seen it. Dal's the one that saw it first, and it's pretty spectacularly done. <laughs> and just the amount of time, I think it just. You know, a, after the after everything we did for all sorts after of we did though, right? you know ten years, countless number of tours, you know four records, uh, the I think we really accomplished something because someone would take all that time <laughs> editing Hitler bunker footage. Yeah, like how do they you even know? do that? You know, what's the technology? Do they still use toasters to put you know like to put, <laughs> <laughs> like put the whole like. Subtitles I, on there. I'm remembering I Toast. Was... Remember Toast, the CD burning program? Yeah, yeah. I still use it. Yeah, <laughs> wow. there you go. I, no, I, I saw one a while ago that was uh, Hitler finds out that Lou Reed is singing with Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that one was really, really well done, actually. I got to do a gotta, search on that. You know, there yeah. must be a super easy way to do that because it must be... It must be just a titling, like a program where you can title over video footage without it being like complicated editing stuff. But it's always so the same scene, though. It's, it's always, always the same, same scene. Yeah. And it's a great scene, though. You know, I wonder if there's a website that's just video foot, like a way to do it on, on the web, hook me up. Because I love being late on trends and I'd be glad <laughs> to be glad that you change let the it Hitler be known. Scene. Nick Flanagan wants to throw his hat in the Hitler interpretation, you know. I'll uh, do another Alexis on fire related one. Yeah, too. sure, why not? You, you know. know. I don't know. So you guys just got off this this reunion. How was the reunion tour? How did it go anyways? It was it was I'd say it was probably the best tour we've ever done. I'd say it's the best, yeah, best tour I've ever done. Mm -hmm. It was great, and I think we all knew that the whole time it was happening. And, uh, you know, day one, we got into London, um, and we got to the hotel and just all sat down for a couple of beers, and, you know, the big game of remember when right. started happening, like, which happened for the next month. Yeah, pretty much. You remember know? that time when this happened? That's and nice. And yeah, also, nice. it was really nice, and I mean, like... Uh, you know, we haven't seen each other for a little while. Uh, you know, George was just 
cracking, just cracking wise. And he was like, well, hope you're ready for this tour because I've got a whole lot of new jokes. I've been trying them out on other people. <laughs> and <laughs> you're all here for, for the first time. I'm working on some material. And now we're back. You're going to hear it for the first time. You're going to think awesome. it's the first time that I, this is just coming off the top of my head. Had you it's done not. it in the mirror and stuff? I've know? been like, oh, yeah, I got a tape recorder. I yeah. got one of those little tape recorders. They you know, I'm like, all right. So they have Wade them McNeil, on iPhones. Something notes. about Wade McNeil and Tim Burton. Okay. All right. Hash that out later. You know. George is the thing. He's got like a list of them on his phone, you know, and I'm just like, he's waiting for certain transitions. And I bring something up about literature. And George is like looking through his iPhone. And he's like, yeah. The Burroughs-esque hellscape that has become my life. <laughs> I start laughing so hard, I spit my omelet out. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of ribbing. There's a lot of there's a lot of witty jests in Alexis on Fire. Definitely. I mean, I think you know, in this day and age, being a band that lasted for over a decade is a real accomplishment. You know, and uh, I oh, think yeah. we were able to do that because of us constantly cutting each other down. Like, just mercilessly exploiting the things that we know each other are sensitive about. (laughs) And, um, like, it was hard for anybody to really, you know, get too full of themselves. So what are the Achilles heels throughout the band, would you say? Wade, Wade with his, Wade probably, like, there's, like, just a plethora of, like, punk-related, goth, a lot of goth-related For for years, in the van... Anytime we drove by a cemetery, like they would, even if I was like sleeping in the van, like someone would throw something at me, like, wait, wait, wait. Me thinking thinking we're at the border, you know, we're getting pulled over by the cops. Some, you know, someone needs, there's someone on the phone for me. No, getting up. Right. Oh, it's just a cemetery. Wade, wake up. It's your house. Wade. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, yeah. And and what are you? What, what's uh, what is it for George here? Um, I think it was probably around the time George started really getting it a lot when he uh, switched over from punk leather jacket to an adult leather jacket. <laughs> no <laughs> way! Like that an happened? adult, an adult leather. Yeah, and adult like, leather. switched to Dan Danier. No, no. I like to refer to it as my off-duty cop leather. Like you know, like my uh, right, yeah, yeah, that's I the you know the guy who's there. The cops. It's all rough duty. We're going out to the bar. All right, yeah. We're yeah, we should have. I got in a fight with some off-duty cops. I should have recognized the leather jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was just a constant for me, anyways. Um... Not letting George live that one down. For me as well. He'd, well, he'd well, come well. back in the room, I'd be wearing it. <laughs> yeah. um, also, a thing, uh, George lives in Hamilton. Oh, there we Big go. supporter of Hamilton, loves Hamilton. I was born in Hamilton, okay? Yeah. So, uh, There's a lot of lording that huge, over me, Big Show. <laughs> huge pose. <laughs> pose. Yeah, no. But aren't you guys from St. Catharines, isn't that? Wade's, uh, Wade's I'm from St. Catharines, yeah. Up there. You're the only one from St. Catharines? Uh, the major- we're all pretty much from around there. Yeah. George from Grimsby. Uh, Steel Dal and I are from St. Catharines. The cultural mecca. Grimsby. Grimsby. It's yep. great. It's yeah. actually, it's, I, don't know, I knew, I knew a couple people from Grimsby. Go- it has a gothy, no, it has a gothy yes. name. Yeah, right? Grimsby. Maybe you should move to Grimsby. Yeah. I never uh, thought about that. I, Grimsby. I yeah. built a mansion in Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did. I did know two people from Grimsby. Well, they were twins, okay. identical twins, and one of them was drowning. The other one tried to save him, and he—they both drowned. Oh, I don't know this story. That is wow. Goth. That's goth. that is pretty goth. That's a that is befitting of the name Grimsby. Grimsby. All yeah. right, well, that's it's really great. Good. Driving into town. Tales, tales from Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> We're all trying to not laugh. I saw you. Uh, I saw you do stand-up comedy. Neil Hamburger. Oh, this recently. Question. Yeah, this was like in Hamilton at the Casbah. Oh, cool. Those are always yeah. fun shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's the here's the question for you uh-huh. is, uh, well, I'm going to start it with an Alexis on Fire quip. Okay, we 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 uh, opened for Guar one time. Awesome. And oh, wow. uh, Guar did their sound check out of. 
costume, mm-hmm. and it was really like it was like finding out. You know, I want to believe that they're from Antarctica, right? Sure, right. right. Yeah. So was that was touring with Neil Hamburger? <laughs> was that the kind of like? See, did you see him out of out of character all oh, the time? And like, yeah, I mean, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. I, but I've I've done that stuff with him since 2004. So it was really at that time when I first met him that I was like, whoa, this is crazy. This is like Neil Hamburger is just like this. Dude, this California, <laughs> this like mellow vegan guy. Um, but that guy, Greg Trickington, is like the greatest dude. And he's got a lot of funny, funny stuff. Like he has a whole thing besides Neil Hamburger. If you sort of track down, if you were to look at like his output, there's he does this podcast with Tim Heidecker called On Cinema as oh, really? Greg Turkington. Oh my God. And it's, it's great. The funniest podcast. And, you know, there was a, an album called uh, Great Prank Calls in the mid 90s. Great phone calls. Great, great phone, phone calls. calls. Very big influence on Danko Jones, I would say. Right. Yeah. It got me doing prank calls. <laughs> and that really? was that was him too. And so so yeah, like it was it's amazing, but he's like such a That's great cool guy that he's prolific. That like, I don't yeah. really know anything beyond Neil yeah. Hamburger. And I, I was always kinda like worried that like mm. that that routine could kind of paint himself into a corner right. almost, right? Yeah, but sure. it's cool that he that he does like it's, a lot of other stuff too. Yeah. It's great. It's really I mean I love <laughs> new I've seen him uh I think every time he's been to Hamilton. That's awesome. Too, so yeah. yeah. And he always plays the small room at the Casbah, so it's like a, a, a little show yeah. and it's like full yeah. I, I met your wife there, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. She was so, really nice and then her Twitter account is really fun. She's like a Twitter star. She, yeah, she's doing all sorts she's of like stuff. A big, yeah. Like she's like a big Twitter she got on there a while ago and she she loves it. Yeah, she's really she's a funny she's a funny lady to be around. Really, she's actually started doing a bit of stand up too. Like, oh, she's that's great! Out. She's been oh, hanging wow. out with Barry Ter- Barry Taylor a lot, and and uh, and they just kind of go around and do open mics and and kind of. So she's kind of feeling Barry, it out. Barry is a good man. He used to be a DJ, a radio DJ, a radio DJ, disc jockey, champion, a disc jockey. Alexis on fire on the on the edge back in the day. Yep. Yeah, oh, that's cool. And he does a label called Comedy Records now. So mm-hmm. get he ready. does. It's, oh, he does your. He put out your record. No, I, I, my album was on Talent Mode Records. He, uh, we have yet to work together professionally. <laughs> oh, okay. But, okay, this, I don't know. So, I'm sorry to switch gears for a second. Please do. Um, I got lost driving in Toronto yesterday, as happens when I leave my downtown bubble <laughs> and enter into the stratosphere. This has nothing here. to do about twins dying, is it? Oh no. <laughs> no, no, no! Good callback. <laughs> this is a septuple death story. <laughs> Can I just bring back up the twin drowning? No, no, no. no go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Um, but I, uh, you mentioned talent moat made me think about this, uh-huh. and um, I felt like I, I know that there's this area of the city called the Bridal Path, which oh, is yeah. like the nicest houses ever. Mm-hmm. I think I may have found it. Sure. Maybe yesterday, driving around lost. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, this is, un- it's like, st- the houses are so nice, it's still Christmas up there. Okay? <laughs> right. um, and uh, I was leaving, and then there was just this, like, really nice bridge, like, leaving the neighborhood, you know, taking you back to, I was like, oh, I'm back on Bloor. Mm-hmm. How depressing. It was almost like a moat. Yeah, it's like this nice bridge, and then you enter the castle area. Is the that the like St. Jamestown? Awesome. I feel bridge? like I wouldn't be able to find it again. I think that's the St. Jamestown Bridge, and there was like a short-lived Canadian television series called The Bridge, uh, which was about like that bridge leads to sort of a worse area of town, right? Like the, the sort of shabby bluer, right? Definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was about the the rich and the poor, the haves and the have-nots, the bridles. <laughs> And the bridesmaids. Well, there you have it, people. Prince, a bit of Canadiana. That's a nice little nugget yeah, Canadiana live on the for you. I heard. Really? I don't know how true this is that Prince. Uh, yeah, Prince. Did. He he, but he didn't buy a house. There, he was renting a house from an oh. NBA player that had like moved away or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the whole house was painted purple because that's how Prince gets down. And then obviously that caused a lot of troubles because he's like, you painted my whole effing house purple. <laughs> Well, so, dude, you knew who was wa- walking into your house. You yeah, did. you're like, I'm renting the prince. I hope nothing <laughs> weird happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, something weird is going to happen. At the very least, he will knock on your neighbor's door, like, witnessing, you know? Like, apparently he does that in Minnesota or something. What, he just, like, cold knocks on someone's yeah, door? Yeah, he does, because like, that's what Jehovah's Witnesses do, you know? They he's have a, to he's a Jehovah's Witness? Yeah. No, that's yeah. Michael Jackson, dude. Michael Jackson and chaos. 
Is chaos, a, is chaos a Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> yeah, well, he was. I always feel so for, bad for. They always come to the door, and, and there's chaos? a lot of them in Hamilton. Chaos always comes to the door. <laughs> I always feel so bad. Like, Look, man, I don't want to, like, you know, coax you away from the fold any more than I want to be brought into it. I'm, so. I'm actually, I'm that way too with telemarketers and stuff. I, I, I politely say I'm not interested all the time. I don't yell at them or play jokes on them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I am with yeah. those. I want to go back though. I want to take right. it all the way back, back to this tour talk. Uh, okay, yeah. Sorry, we're talking about. I'm talking about Sapphire. We're talking about bank because I am. I'm in, I am interested in this. This. I mean, was part of it that you guys getting back together? It's like you have that thing on a tour where it's almost all love in terms of the the fans and and just the, the feeling of the. You know what I mean? Like it was. It was a weird thing because I don't think many bands really get to do this. You know, bands. It's an incredibly personal thing, and you. Take it, you get you fight with one another like brothers because you're living with each other constantly, you right. know. And and um and it's always these incredible highs and just disastrous lows. Yeah. That's what touring and being in a band is, as you guys both know. Yeah. And like uh so obviously we'd said we'd called it a day, and um I think everyone's just really everyone's in the great this great spot. We're all we've all moved on and we all look at what we did as this this great thing that we're really proud of, mm-hmm. but we didn't put a proper end to it. So that's, we, we never, we'd always talked a little bit about it and then kind of reached a certain point. And, um, we just started talking, like we started all emailing each other about, you know, the potential of getting maybe together for one show. And then it, it kind of snowballed from there. But, um, well, when you were on the podcast before, when we off the record, off the mic, you were talking about how you guys are talk, thinking of doing some reunion shows and everything. Mm-hmm. I just pointed that out because if you if you know by now, like a year later, um, what you said in confidence to me and Nick didn't leak out. So this is a safe zone. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, you right. can say anything. So guys, if so guys, if you murdered ever committed any <laughs> horrific crimes, you know, yeah, uh, tell us about uh, the underage yeah, women. Yeah, you know, the white the, power uh, phase, maybe in their teens. You know, <laughs> no, but um, uh, uh, another thing was when when like oh I think God. it was like. Two or three years ago, <laughs> when when we guys play, we played with you guys uh, at some festivals in Europe. There, I think I told you this way before. It, Jordan and, and Dallas, you know, knocked on our dressing room door and they just wanted to say hi and hang out. And, like, hi, we're Canadians in Germany. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was, you know, I, was, I guess I was feeling a little playful and uh, relaxed and comfortable that you guys were there, and I started poking fun at Dallas and City in Color and going, hey, you know, hey, you, what are you going to break away from these guys? Ha, ha, ha. And then he left. He got really quiet and he left. And then Jordan stayed and he was like, yeah, you know, I don't know what's going on with Ben and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, and then Jordan left. And then I remember JC turning to me going, what are you doing, man? Like, what is, why'd you do all that? And I felt so bad that I looked on our tour itinerary and thank God we had another date maybe a month later to play together. And I really made sure that there would be no comments about any sort of, you know, city and color kind of breakup <laughs> day. I was, I was going to be on my best behavior the next time I see you Dang guys. Dango, you are neurotic. You are absolutely neurotic. <laughs> oh, dude, it, That's incredible. It, I don't know. It, yeah, it was probably like, it was probably like, ah, oh, yeah, Dango Jones made a joke. That was cool. All right, so let's go. <laughs> so what is it? Can the bathroom? Can we get like oh, a, yeah. oh. we get like yeah. a, hmm, do we got to use the beer tickets? Or, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like that was just like on to the next thing. Yeah, no. no, yeah. I'm it's, like, uh, oh, I asked for Beck's Blonde. <laughs> and then you're like, you know, it's just a different label way. They taste the same. Yeah. No. <laughs> Show's canceled. <laughs> Did you guys ever do the rider where you would like put an item on to like just test if they would follow well, we put, you? We put, I've, we I've put presents, right? Yeah, we put presents. <laughs> we put presents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Never, 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 never happened. We didn't get any presents. Or did someone get like a, do we get like a dollar store? I think the best thing I did, um, when I'm looking back on it is I was like, I had a, uh, this mild interest in like port wine. Oh, that was the stupidest idea. So I put on like port. I was like a bottle of, of, a bottle of twelve year old Wade for some reason for a little while wanted dessert wine. You wanted a nice sweet I did. You know, wanted a sherry. I did. So, Grandpa, please. I mean obviously crazy. you can't drink tons of port. No. 
I mean, I tried. Yeah. I and? tried and you can't. No. Um, but so I came home from this tour, which is right before Christmas. And I came home with probably like 25 <laughs> bottles of like really nice, like 20 and 30 year ports. Yeah. yeah. Gave them out as Christmas gifts. Not really. Kept the most of them. <laughs> Kept most of them. Drank them. Drank most of them. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, there was one show in Thunder Bay. Oh, yeah. Where I drank an entire bottle of port before the show. And, That's um, where you do it. Yeah. I was slippery up there. I was slippery. Yeah. I've, uh, <laughs> on the subject of drinking sweet wines before the show, definitely that was a, a, a common theme in Glasgow for us. Sweet because, wine. well, they have, this, they have this wine there called Buckfast, which is like the local tonic wine brewed by monks. Okay. Brewed by monks, drank by punks, I yep. believe is the thing. <laughs> nice. uh, it's like the cheapest, shittiest thing you can buy. It tastes like uh, like blueberry cough syrup. And uh, yeah, you know, like some Scottish punk will come up to you and like, hey, have some of this, you know? And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I love Scotland. And you drink it. It makes sense and, there, though. Yeah, it makes total sense. Well, I remember George brought home a bottle of it, and yeah. we were like, we were out in Hamilton or something, and I think it was when you had your old apartment, mm-hmm. and we were having a bunch of beers over there, and George was like, oh, I've got the Buckfast, <laughs> and drinking even a small amount of it outside the context of Scotland. It tastes like yeah. paint thinner. Yeah, it's that not very good, no. Like in Denmark once, I remember we played a show at this sort of youth center place, and, and uh, it was basically one of these things where it was completely funded, like this weird thing in Europe where they sort of fund squats and places and yeah, centers. Yeah. And uh, especially in Scandinavia, I think that happens. Like, So they had this fully stocked bar. They had all this stuff. That's where we played with Cop on Fire, which is one of the most memorable band names Cop I've ever on seen. Fire. From Spain, of course. Yeah. And uh, um, anyway, I was say there's there's some English second language yeah. to the to the to the title of that Cop on Fire. But that night we got drunk on um, Fisk. Do you guys have you ever had Fisk? Oh, which is, is, that, is it that weird? Like, it means neon green in and Danish, purple? I believe. I think you're thinking of Feigling. Feigling. No, it's not neon green, and no. it, it tastes like it just tastes like fennel. I think it's just almost like a, a, a fennelly like liquor. a gin almost, except instead not of... quite as undrinkable straight as gin. <laughs> you know, like you drink. We were doing shot after shot of this stuff that tasted like you know, like peppery wood or something, and it's like. And then I had it once in Toronto, and I was like. I don't know. This is not a liquid. Like, this yeah, is not no. drinkable. There's certain. There's you certain. Know? Should not go in your body. Yeah, well. They yeah. don't travel well. There's something the about being in a place. Toronto where you can get a reasonably tasting drink. <laughs> you don't need to have. Uh, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Danko, you do that. You snake wine. Right? Like you do Wait. stuff only in the countries where you're at to satisfy the customs of the area, right? Like getting on the internet, checking my email. No, you are you are you are a European crusader. Yeah, like, I mean, you must know some. You must know the feiglings and the alcohol. I don't no, but like alcohol. food and stuff like that. And I don't know. Are you uh, pretty? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've had the gamey stuff in Scandinavia, and I don't know. There's a big deal about Burger King using horse meat, but I've had horse. I don't know yeah. if I can say that out loud. It was I had horse. Awesome. I had horse in Toronto. Yeah, it was, at La Paulette or whatever. Yeah. Our good friend That's is a huge. It. Yeah, is a huge. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a huge horse. Horse. opponent. Of horse. <laughs> it's a huge horse. Horse. I, had, I had it in La Paulette one night. <laughs> I had it in Switzerland too, and that's what really turned me on because it was like they ran down the menu, and I was, I don't know how daring I I am now, but back then I was like, give. I want a taste. Oh, Everything yeah. of this, and now I'm just like, you know, I would like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, please. Some oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like- and then I was uh, very su- pleasantly surprised that the horse meat was awesome. Yeah. This is making me think of the uh, trip to Japan. Yes. Where you just sailed over Niagara Falls in a barrel, eating the local customs. Oh yeah, and, I was uh, just like, I was George like, give me the, give me the squid gut. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were, we were dog eyes. We were yeah. pushing you know, like, it, pushing it. We went to this, we went to this restaurant, and we were, we were very much the only white people in there. And our translator brought us there, and George is, I think, ahead of me quite a bit in the in the sake race. So I think maybe that's why you're being a little extra adventurous. I think she's like sake. And she's like, like you gotta try drink. this. And it was like it was like a squid gut terrine thing. And she's like, very local. And it came with these like palm frites that you just dip in it. And I tried it and 
It's like, God, it tastes like the earth. It tastes like clay. <laughs> I tried it. And then George's like, this is great. Give it to me. <laughs> Give me more. Give me more of this. And then, is this when the crocodile hunter was on television? No. no. <laughs> he woke up the next morning, which was supposed to be our like kind of like touristy day. And like George got up and was just awesome. gray. I was just. It was and we were like at this. We we're just walking around. Squid. I was just yeah <laughs> walking around, and he was just like, "Jeez, like, I just can't stop." <laughs> squid is. If I had to, if I had to eat it, I don't know if I. I'm imagining it's like I got the big bowl in front of me. Someone's got a gun to my head. And if they said I'm gonna kill you, if you don't eat this. I think I would just get shot in the head. <laughs> and that I'm is like, a true. That's like really accurate. Uh, I was like, recall. Of I'm trying to check out these temples, George. Quit bringing me down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to be at peace, we, and I can hear out, you I'm like complicatedly pray at this temple. I got to put the money on the. And then, the, and then I walk over to the thing and I stand there for 10 seconds, dip your clap three times. Dip your foot in the smoke, ring the bell. <laughs> well, Meanwhile, I, you're like barfing in what you think is a toilet. Oh, but yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's no. another god. It <laughs> you ruined Japan. Ruined Japan. I, I uh, kicked out of Japan. I, I recently was on vacation in the Bahamas. And, uh, we went off the resort to an ice cream place, and uh, the people I was with, they had a vanilla and chocolate. But once again, I was like, give me the uh, raspberry cheesecake uh, flavor. Do you have horse cream? Yeah. And I shattered some records in terms of going to the washroom. Yeah, and vomiting. Yeah, I, I just got ramen in Los Angeles, and it was like one of the. There was this one that was like Japan Tokyo style. Uh, you know, it was like hot pork fish broth, and then like room temperature stuff that you put in it. You know, like an egg and some pork. That's what did it. Yeah, and noodles and and it's been it's like all kinds of stuff, and. I did that, and I was like, this is a very enjoyable thing I'm doing. And then, like, yeah. an hour later, I ta- I drank maybe, like, a drop of whiskey and was just like, I need to throw up. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to cry. <laughs> It'd be awesome if food critics, like, gauge their reviews, like, being, uh, you know, on how sick, like, like how authentic the food is versus how sick they get the next day. Just like, oh, yeah, this, this Japanese restaurant was... Positively authentic. I was sick to my stomach for three days afterwards. I read an article once that sounded fake. It was in Vice years ago, and it was about, um, like, in Mexico, I think. Uh, sounded like a street vendor who had sort of, like, chicken on a stick, but, like, the secret was that he would roll it on the ground. <laughs> like, to sort of drop it and wipe it all over the dirt road. Just And then you get it. And then you eat it, and yeah, that sounds local. Chicken. Sounds local, yeah. There Definitely you go. sounds Very local and earthy. Yeah, that sounds like a joke that they're playing on tourists. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, you know, like you wonder that sometimes. they really don't eat this. It's just kind of they're just like, yeah, I know, convince the adventurous tourists that it's that's what we do. <laughs> just trick and hurt people. <laughs> now I keep it. I keep it now when I when we tour. I keep it super safe, just because I don't. I've been through the sicknesses before. And it just might fuck up the tour, so I'm not as adventurous as I was. You're like, you're like a very us. a very serious uh, road person, right? Like you're like scarves and like low, keeping That's your voice nice low you're, and, you're, and yeah, hot water. Prima donna. Was there was there any talk during the good times of this reunion tour? Because it's almost like you base you guys kind of isolated the honeymoon period of a band and then stopped. You know what I mean? Like when you guys get together and things are going, everybody's like having a good time, and then slowly, if if time goes on, you guys keep going at it. Eventually, you know, things start sprouting. You guys stopped it, but there's that temptation to go. We should keep doing this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not entirely. I mean, it's obviously really nice, and it was it was nice to kind of come together. And like, I think if anything, the thing that I'm going to miss the most about it is hanging out with these guys. They're all very. It's very fun. And when we're not touring together, we see each other kind of sparring. You know, whatever we see each other in different contexts and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, I mean, like you know, 
I'm not going to miss per se touring 10 months out of the year in order to keep the, keep the boat kind of moving, you know, like that's yeah. not, it's that's difficult. not something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't, I have like, it's, I mean, it's, it's really, really fun when you're 23. It's really, and you're, and you're out there kind of, um, and this is just for me personally. I mean, this is what I'm saying. It's really fun when you're 23 and you're out there on the road and you're hashing out and everything's new and fresh. But then like, you know, eventually you turn 27, you turn 30 and you've got a wife, you've got mortgage and, and you've got a kid that you want to kind of be around. And that's for me is something I kind of want to focus on. But so, yeah. So if, as far as getting the band back together, or like trying to get back, try and put a record out for me, I mean, like I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. I, I think, I think the whole time, I think what was great about the tour is that we were, I think we were all feeling that, you know, and I'm, oh, at least I was as well. Anyways, I was enjoying it because of what it was, you know, it was like, we get to go play these shows and these great places that we love playing over the mm-hmm. years. And we get to have a proper send off to the band and celebrate what we did. And it's not like they're, it was great, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think it was great for, for what it was, you yeah. know? And I mean, we I wasn't, I, we didn't end that, you know, we didn't end that tour. And I was like, Whoa, I want to get, got to get out there. I'd love to write a new record. And it's just, it was, yeah. I was happy to be like, we did it. You know, we, yeah. we closed, we, we ended it properly. Well, you're, you're, you know, you you have all these other outlets yourself. Exactly. So, and you know, and you've got outlets of a, a different kind, mm. power outlets in your home. Yeah, I've got power outlets. And uh, <laughs> I can't was, think of any. <laughs> but I also, I also liked how you guys ended it like around Christmas time, which is usually like the time when it's a perfect way to end a tour for me. Like when we have, oh, there's, we, we land from a tour that we've been away for like a month or two months and three days later it's Christmas time. And it's a nice feeling. It's just a nice way to like kind of wrap yourself around something that just ended, you know? Yeah, no, it was good. There was lots of family around and lots of friends and, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And, and, I think it, what's what's really good is just like putting that like looking thinking about my memories of that last tour versus the memories of the mm-hmm. tours we did right before that or the one that we had done before that right just, when everything was up in the air and, when everything if was we up had in the decided air, hey also, this is gonna be we our were, last tour we would have been you know it would we would I would view the band differently yeah and but, also there was like there were certain things too that were that were really that I don't think we really even talked about on uh like on the last canadian tour not only were we facing dallas going away but we were also seeing like every record we'd put out from that point on up until crow's young cardinals we'd seen like this kind of like steady progression right and then we put out i think you know that record which was i think a little bit challenging in canada and we were starting to see a bit of a dip in like ticket sales and things like that so like there was that big question as well as whether or not you know like whether this was you know we were kind of on the down downward kind of swing anyway yeah and if so what's the solution yeah what's the solution right because i don't see like us making a more pop record that's gonna that's gonna appeal to more people i think if anything our our musical tastes were going in a direction that was like my musical taste now i can't i i I probably couldn't have a conversation with your average aof fan about and and see eye to eye on a lot of records that quebec ska yeah quebec ska mostly mostly uh parisian jazz yeah and uh yeah (laughs) <laughs> Parisian jazz. That sounds very yeah. nice. Well, Django Reinhardt. Well, you, you, know, you know, you know. You ever read articles? By the way, I was like, you ever read articles? <laughs> Never read articles. <laughs> you ever read like? I, mean, I was like, I looked up someone on Wikipedia, and then I went and I read articles about them. Like a, a, a looked up, and all of the articles had just the information from Wikipedia. In oh it. no, yeah, music it's journalism so is. Uh, there's very little music journalism left yeah. with regards to like someone actually. We've like. We did the warp, like we did the warp tour many summers in a row, and and uh, and there's no, there were no music journalists there. there it was, was a lot wild. of questions. It was wild. George and I, I think we have a tendency to play off of one of their interviews, but it got to a point where we just start flat out lying, <laughs> like because we're just like that. you know nothing about the band, yeah. You know, so it'd be like they'd start off and be like, so you're on warp tour for the first time. We're like. This is the fifth time. And they're, they're putting out your second record, fourth record. And like, you know, so what do you do in the band? And we just like, maybe like three questions like that. And we'd be like, we just flip it around and be like, well, you know, the thing that really brings us together is 
the fact that we're Scientologists. Yeah, the fact. That <laughs> and then she like he'd start talking about that, and then the person, the interviewer, get really interested because we're yeah. starting to say more things. things and we're like, like, when we after, met in the uh, small town of Moncton, New Brunswick, uh, like, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, it's like coming up when with our, nonsense. you know, when our keyboard player died, who was George's sister, who I was dating. <laughs> right. That's how we met. And like, it went on, like snowballed like crazy. And we're just trying to keep it together because, especially the Scientology stuff. Oh, the like, Scientology, like, I couldn't believe that we, mind you, I mean like, I started to feel bad halfway through. I know the exact We dug it, we about. dug so we deep. Dug it, we dug ourselves in so deep and this girl was, she was just like very young and, <laughs> right. and like, you know, happy and like yeah. enjoying and oh wow, I've really hit gold on this interview. This is a really cool interview yeah. and we're just like just giving her like oh god she, she probably couldn't have used any of it you know and yeah I don't know not that any of it would Did have been used anyways because what was it for no. friggin I don't know my, it's probably for her like my pop, school yeah. my pop punk bagel dot geocities dot com a long dormant angel fire web yeah. page <laughs> yeah I don't know that's I mean that's the sort of other side of it right is like a lot of time you just do these interviews as, you know, like I remember being a young person and being like, I'm going to just interview this, this yeah, person. Of course, yeah. And it's, it's just like, you kind of got to, it's like, you're basically, I don't know, like just make, just try. It's like having a fan or something, but, but they're like with a tape recorder. Yeah, you know? exactly. Although they don't I, know I, anything I, about I, you. I shouldn't be hard. Yeah, you're right. Now you're that I think about it, them, I, I definitely, I was definitely that kid in the basement of the opera house one time. I remember I, I interviewed that band Oscar. Do you remember the band yeah, Oscar? Yeah, I remember Oscar, yeah. Oh, it was awful. It was a train wreck. And then the, my tape recorder, I went back to listen to it. It was just completely garbled nonsense. Yeah. You couldn't hear anything. So yeah, yeah, for my for my shitty zine in, in you know, southern Ontario. So yeah, uh, my what I'm saying is, my... I get away with it. Everybody else is fucked. <laughs> yeah, man, that's the way of the yeah. world. Everybody else, you gotta get. You gotta read some Chuck Klosterman books or something like that. You need to get into you better come music journalism. You better come yeah. correct. You're gonna ask. You gotta read Carburetor Dung, dude. Let bangs, yeah, man. man. Watch some of those Red J Pod, man. Wade, do you have anything? You're yeah, I'd like a wait. I'd like a wait update. Like, what's okay, going what's on, going man? On? Well, Here's like what's going on. Okay? We had you on before. Um, is there any more coffee left in that? I think. I think so. I am about well, to fly to Australia to play Soundwave Music Festival with Gallows. Sweet, and it's really exciting because you got the big four playing like, like this year, which should be unbelievable. No, Dango Jones. <laughs> no, I was gonna say the real the real big four. Metallica, Slayer, Danko Jones, Gallows. Oh, <laughs> the true big four. This is the big four. That, that is, is the, the big, big four. four. I thought Megadeth was going to be thrown in the mix. I doubt it. No, it's just, uh, I it's would just doubt the it. three of the four. Three of the real four. <laughs> <laughs> the real four. You have the real, you have the big four. You've got the real four. Real four. Well, they, were, they were confirming the lineup. Psychotic uh, four. It's a great lineup. It wasn't the Jews. Yeah, it should be good. 9-11. And, and, and Wade and I are uh, are playing it. That's so awesome. And it's good to have some Canadians around. I know Danko's there, Fucked Up's there, the Bats are there. Yeah. Because I need um, some Canadians around me when I'm on tour to chill out the British sitcom that has become my life. <laughs> right. You're surrounded by basically like... Uh, you know the mighty boosh no it's I bet you it's more like um, it's half chavs chavs situation (laughs) that's a word that's a word word. is this an English word Australian uh, tour uh, the beginning of a tour for you guys Uh, yeah we just do a few shows we go actually um, it'll be my first time there we go to Taiwan play a few shows with fucked up after that so that should be cool Um, and then home like we're we're not going to be touring our faces off this year we do some festivals in the summer like um, European stuff like Hellfest in France and uh, 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 oh. Greenfield and we're playing Hellfest. We're on the Black Flag Day. We're on that stage. What's what what uh, Carnation the, of Black? It's the first. It's it's Nervous Breakdown. Keith seven Morris inch back with Black, Black Flag. Flag oh, finally. Yeah. So uh, so this Hellfest Nervous Breakdown. Uh, I mean uh, Black Flag stage. You're going to be playing with this reunion. Yeah, it's lineup? it's crazy. Awesome. It's like Black Flag headline converges before them. And then we're, we're before that, and I don't know what I'm doing to try and, uh, I guess I'm probably I'm probably shooting myself in the head during the <laughs> stage to try and make some sort of impression. Just to, like, like, because I have to, <laughs> those bands play after us and just, um, just essentially 
people, you know, we'll, right. yeah. travel back in time and forget that we Study played. Gigi's last show, man. Just study every movie made, except for the death. Have don't, you guys seen die. Off? Have you guys seen Off play? Yeah. Uh, no. What did, you, what did you think? It, have you seen him? I saw them. I saw them in weird context, though. I saw them at. I saw Why? them no, for. You saw them. <laughs> yeah. No, because no, I imagine like if you see them at like a like a like a punk club, it's one thing. But I saw them at the Sound Academy opening up for mm. uh, opening up for Refused. And I, yeah. And, oh, uh, you saw that show? I was gonna yeah. go to that. I um, I had a guy had a really good experience when I saw them. Like Black Lungs played with them um, in Montreal, mm-hmm. and uh, we did a Gun Club cover because mm-hmm. we've been doing one lately. And uh, and then Keith came into the room after I was like, oh, my God, guys, thanks for doing yeah. that gun club cover. That reminds me of when I used to work at this fishing store with Bill Stevenson <laughs> right. and we'd listen to the radio. And, you know, we'd be down at the fishing store and the radio and we we're just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Whoa. laughs> yes, Keith does speak between the songs. <laughs> well, I was going to say the milk bag. I saw them in, in the milk bag in, in uh, Amsterdam. Yeah. And it was with the Bronx. And uh, you, you're talking about uh, like all these guys in the crowd who, who are probably heavy drinkers. And in between <laughs> the songs, Keith is talking about his friend who died of alcohol poisoning. And, and that's something that people should be aware of. But it was just kind of a downer. Um, I, uh, while they were holding did, their beers, yeah. just going, and the Bronx oh. probably the, played before that, and they're like, "Hey, party people!" <laughs> that voice yeah. Max doing these days. Hey, party people, you coming down to party? I'll see you in Amsterdam. Yeah, exactly. High times four twenty. This song's about living on the edge. It's called <laughs> "I Got Them Snake Eyes." <laughs> <laughs> and he does that shake thing. That's, awesome. That's not really a good Matt impression, but. I like what he does. No, I don't. Here has AIDS and they don't know it. Yeah, it was it was like three minutes of talking and a minute and a half of a song. But you know, I was going to say he did, he did definitely. Uh, he went off on a really awkward rant uh, about China. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, he's just on like, his own trip. I'm, yeah, like I'm that's sure. that's yeah. how it is with Keith Morris. He's just he's just that's like he's got his stuff that is interesting and he'll talk about it. And then in between that, you're going to hear him. Be like a really good front man of a band and be like 54 or whatever. Because even I haven't seen off, but I watched like footage and I listened to them. It's like pretty good. And then yeah, Circle Jerks was like, it was still good. Like the tempos of the songs, they were fast, you know? Yeah. That's important. Like that. that is important. It though. is. I've been, yeah. I, I remember being like, going to see, anytime I go see a band and the, and the, the songs are slower than it is on the record, uh, depending on, you know, how. If slow means heavier, then that yeah. can be good. But, well, not but George isn't going to talk about sleep or something. Yeah, right? no, you know, of like... course, right? But like, <laughs> if you're, you're playing the song a bit slower than it is on the record, just like a couple of dBs, you know, or whatever beats per minute slower, it's definitely a bummer. So, and I think that's definitely a thing in punk too. Is like you're getting middle aged, you're playing mid tempo, right? You know, yeah, which is like a real bummer. You can't afford it's to that do old it. man punk that's because like, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because even if a band is like a mid-tempo type of band, you know, uh, on record from that era, it's like you sort of want to hear it a little faster or at least like see a ton of energy. That was what was cool about, I mean, Cox Bar didn't play fast, but they played like exactly like on the record and it was, you know, That's cool. 30 years later. But getting back to uh, Keith Morris's kind of rants or whatever, like the, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, we... I, I mean, Keith, I'm really happy you got out of your diabetic coma recently. By the oh way, oh my god, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So I don't, I don't mean to to poke fun. I was just, you know, it was interesting. But I appreciate someone like Keith Morris saying whatever it is that's on his mind, uh, because I think, like, you know, at least he's someone who isn't media trained, like and everybody else these days. Right. He's just this, he's like this, he is him and he's yeah, doing the, the show. The show I saw was awesome and yeah. I mean, obviously, at the time when I saw it, I was like, this will be the closest thing to me seeing Black Flag. Right. You know, and they did this really did interesting you know. thing. Little did I know. Yeah. Um, but uh, they did this thing where, you know, it just, when the first off singles had come out and they finished their set and then right when they were done, um, he started talking and I mean this is the stuff that's really interesting I think is um, because he's played so many shows and he's been through everything that you know people romanticize so much these days you right, know yeah. um, and uh, he started talking about he's like when and he wasn't saying it to you know throw back to Black Flag or anything like that he's just talking and he's being himself and that's yeah. what's cool about it but he started talking about when 
Black Flag put out their first stuff and they only had this many songs, you know, and they people kept wanting more at some of the shows when people started really getting into the band. So they come, so they they wouldn't go off stage. They'd just play the first four songs of the set again, <laughs> and they kicked into the first four songs of the offset again, um, but played them like way faster. That's and it was awesome. <laughs> that it was really cool. awesome. Yeah, that sounds you know? great. Yeah. And I, you know, the other thing that's funny about someone like him is like. People go, oh yeah, it's punk, man. It's like, no, actually, this guy was touring with the Grateful Dead in the in the seventies, you know, yeah. and like like all of those Before people got from like that period, and... yeah, they were just like into rock and roll or whatever, just being weirdos. Yeah. Yeah, and then it just kind like of bled huge cultural into, lexicon yeah. of punk to, yeah. to, 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 to draw. It's kind of it's kind of like... interesting, you know. Like, yeah. Anyway, oh, that's fun. awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that. So you're not going to go on a major tour for next year. So what's uh, what's, what's the plan? You know? Um, yeah, I mean we're we're going to be playing, but it's going to be more sporadic. You know? So um, it's an and, off year for you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean we're we're going to try and do something for Record Store Day. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, try and you know write some new music and just I uh, coffee shops. Yeah, go to coffee shops. Maybe. You know, you and me could text each other about hanging out like we did when I did this podcast a year ago. A few times. Never actually do it. No, and let's then, do it, man. Uh, George and I have plans to go oh, yeah. see a Ticats game awesome. in corpse paint, but see, but Ticats colors. We're gonna, we might have to wait a couple of years. They're playing in Guelph. For, they, they tore down everyone's stadium, so we, we got to. I will not go to Guelph. No, I'm not going to Guelph either, probably. I'll hang out with a bunch of agricultural students. (laughs) (laughs) They've got a great agricultural program at UOG. (laughs) Wait, I didn't know that you hated agricultural students. Dude, you can never play Guelph again now. Yeah, way to go. Just burn that bridge. You're never going to play the Trashateria again. (laughs) Not welcome. (laughs) If I have to go down there, it'll be, you know, either get a sweet new hacky sack (laughs) <laughs> um, some beads for my hair, which I am dreading. I am dreading in a completely different way. Podcast over! 